know. Get on the Indo-American News Radio Quiz Show. I think I know this. The only quiz of its kind on Desi Radio in the U.S. And win points, a prize, laughs, and make friends. To get on the Indo-American News Radio, email today IndoAmericanNews at yahoo.com or call 713-789-6397. Indo-American News Radio on Masala 98.7 FM every Saturday, 3 to 6 p.m. with Jawahar Sanchali Pramod and Jyoti. Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanchali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better. Every Saturday, listen to Masala Radio, 3 to 6 p.m. Indo-American News. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to our main segment of the Indo-American News Radio program. And we will be starting very soon with our first guest in five minutes. So that is why I will go through the lineup really quick. So as you know, in our first segment, today is... um, Saturday, April 22nd, and you're listening to Indo-American News. In our first segment of I Think I Know This, the quiz contest, current affairs quiz quiz contest that we had, we um, had Myra Saxena, Nishank Revenue, and Aditya Prasad, and it was quite a nice one, and we had a tie at the end of it, and we had to share the prize. So anyway, they were good with that, and it was uh, tickets to the circus. All right, from 4 to 6 today, We are doing our main segment and you are listening to 98.7 FM or maybe you're listening to the Masala Radio app on www.masalaradio.com. By Monday, you can hear the recorded show on podcast, which is uploaded on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public and Breaker. We have four years of podcasts and have had over 6,300 hits. Support the show, please, and select follow on our Spotify podcast channel to receive new updates. And please do give us a five-star rating. Hindus in Pakistan make up 2.14% or 4.4 million out of the country's population of 330 million, according to the 2017 census. They are the remnants of those who chose not to flee to India at the time of partition. There are many reports of Hindus being ostracized and harassed. To tell us more about the condition of Hindus is Mangla Sharma, a member of the Pakistani Assembly who is currently visiting Houston. And we are very fortunate and privileged to have her in our studio right now. So she will be talking to us right after I finish the lineup. At 4.30 p.m. again, we will be joined by our monthly insurance brokers, Ash Malhotra and Salil Patil, who will give valuable advice on an important aspect of independent living for seniors, how to plan for long-term care and how to pay for it. 
Cancer research and treatment has come a long way with many innovative ways to detect some tumors and attack the malignancies. As Chief Radiation Officer of the private firm U.S. Oncology, Dr. Vivek Kavri deals with all types of cancers and has his finger on the pulse of effective treatments. He will be joining us today at 5 p.m. to share his knowledge of clinical treatments and cancer policies. Today, we have inverted the show so that we could accommodate our guests and will bring you the news roundup at the end at 5.30 p.m. Also, stay tuned in for more news roundup, views, sports and movie reviews. To be featured on our show or to advertise, please contact us at 713-789-6397 or at indoamericannews at yahoo.com. And please do visit our website, indoamerican-news.com, to track all current stories and remember to visit our digital archives from over 15 years. Now, I will give you a brief bio of Mangla Sharma, who's already in the studio with us. Mangla Sharma, a Pakistani citizen born on August the 2nd, um, 1965 is an MPA in the Sindh Assembly and has been serving as a member of the Managing Committee at the Pakistan Hindu Council. Since 2006, she is the President of the Ladies' Wing of the Pakistan Hindu Council, where she is actively involved with the welfare of women in society, providing them with basic skills as well as reaching out to them. Currently, she is appointed as the Vice President of the International Committee for Peace and Harmony Organization, working for peace and interfaith harmony among the different religions, involving them in activities to promote harmony and peace. She has also been a minority member of a provincial watch committee, namely ASHA, which works on sexual harassment of women and domestic violence against women. She has worked with various other welfare organizations that seek to improve the lives of deprived individuals who face challenges in their daily lives. She's a strong advocate for the rights of minority communities in Pakistan and has been actively working towards promoting interfaith harmony and religious tolerance. Her commitment to serving the people of Pakistan, especially the minorities, and dedication to public service makes her a well-respected figure in the country. Welcome to our show, Manglaji. We are very privileged and honored to have you. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time, Manglaji. It was just uh, coincidental that I ran into you last weekend, yes. last Saturday, I believe, on no, Sunday. The, at the interfaith. Saturday, actually. Yes, was you the, were one of the speakers, I remember. At you the Hindu American stage. Foundation Gala. Yes, yes, I was there. Right, yes. you were there. And I was very uh, pleased to make your acquaintance. And then finally, when it became clear that you had the time to be with us, it, it was uh, it was very uh, satisfying, but uh, I know that you have other commitments today also. Yes, I will go uh, in another program. Right, you have another program that you're yes. going to be going to, to. But um, Manglaji, you know uh, what is interesting is that not only are you a, a member of the uh, uh, the the assembly in Pakistan. But you're also a woman, a, a Hindu woman, as part of that assembly. Did was it hard to get elected, or was this an appointed position? Yeah, 
I don't think so. It's a hard, but uh, it's my uh, effort since the last 22 years. I am the strongly work for the human rights activists and the minorities activists. Uh, firstly, in 2002, I was elected in the local government, uh, Karachi Metropolitan City, as a councillor. Uh, then again, uh, my party uh, elected me on 2016, and uh, again the councillors in the Metropolitan Corporation, Karachi. And in 2018 election, uh, I was nominated, nominated as a member of provincial assembly. Though I am a woman, but in our assembly, uh, the women special reserve quota. And my party uh, nominate me on their women quota, and which is the Muslim seat. It's not a Hindu or the minority seat. Being I am a minority woman, but uh, elected on the uh, reserve Muslim seat. I see. Okay. But Hindus in Pakistan, they only make up, according to the 2017 census, 2.14%, basically almost about 4 million people, 4.5 million people. Out of a population of the whole country of 330 million, that's nothing. So it's really remarkable that you did get elected uh, as, as a Hindu. Did you find it difficult to convince people to vote for you? Uh, sometimes, uh, but uh, uh, normally uh, if you, you do work, uh, everything and everything, then the people recognized us. But uh, it's uh, uh, obviously it's uh, hard because in the majority of the another religion and the majority of the other peoples, it's very hard work to do uh, recognized you as a women defender, women like as a women activist. But uh, I'm always work to do voice raise voice, my voice uh, for the minorities either is the first conversion either in the uh, job quota or the anything else so it's what's difficult but i get it and uh, now in position till 2018 have you uh, uh, family actually uh, were in pakistan during the partition and they had to come to delhi uh, how did your family happen to stay in Pakistan? What was the history there? Actually, uh, you're from Sindh, right? Yeah, uh, my mother told me that my ancestors, my grandfather, on grandmothers, was not uh, gone uh, India, but uh, they went India for the just only the seven days, and they stayed in the refugee camps, and then after they thought, don't oh, know, we will go back and uh, we will uh, we will die in in our homeland and they will not decide to go again so we are the uh, if any many pakistanis uh, if when i put my bindi then asked me are you indian Mm -hmm. oh, then uh, I said, no, I am pure Pakistani. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do you face any kind of any discrimination or any, you know, targeting of any kind? And uh, how do you actually, you know, help people who are being discriminated against yeah. or being targeted or being, you know, tortured or, you know, not being treated correctly? Because I've heard a lot of temples have been closed and a lot of, Let's you know, there have been issues. So... Actually, uh, some kind of discrimination is not enough. If I go with the sit with my Muslim friend, Muslim, because the, all the society in, uh, surrounding me, all the Muslims, and you know the two point five four one something minorities in, but. Uh, uh, some pressures from the pressure group is extremely this is a after uh, uh, 1979 uh, when the dictatorship came martial law and then after the religious aspect is more increase and increase in our society before that nothing was that 
and after that the uh, as a common uh, mentality for the majority is that we have a, a superior religion and the, that's why we are the superior and the, you are the minorities that you are the kafirs and you are the there's a this one this one, that's right and if you have the more sufficient knowledge about your religion because the i have the sufficient religion for the my own religion and then the islam and if the, the, the islam says that the i said no this is this is your religion and my religion is that uh, like uh, more the people says the uh, uh, the girls are buried in the soil before the islam so i said yes these are the girls are buried in the uh, soil in the arab country but in sin in the manjo daro you say the uh, dancing girl the name is simbara this is the civilization of the sin and the sin the gave the women of the more rights from the since the 5000 years ago so it's a uh, people recognized uh, something and after if you have a don't uh, insufficient religion knowledge then it's a problem because the people people force out the uh, you come out religion is our religion is very good come out in our religion and convert and the mostly our uh, girls are if the girls once come out from their home then they are pressurized they dress and then uh, she never go to again in the, their parents so it's a so genuine problem for the hindus in pakistan well you know um, mangla ji a uh, couple of things come to mind one is that at indo american news we did a story not maybe 6 7 years ago uh, about a young girl that had been abducted and i believe that the the information we received was from your brother-in-law who happens to be here in houston Mm-hmm. it was uh, one of your relatives was abduct- abducted mm-hmm. and she was forcibly converted to islam and she was told to completely cut off from her family uh and this is not an isolated case this happens quite often from what we've been told yeah but uh, i think uh, it's a uh, multiple factors involved in it in every uh, conversion matter sometimes the poverty sometimes the uh, in- involvement with the other guy sometimes the telephone and uh, sometimes the lack of religious knowledge and once a uh, uh, girls is went there and involved in other guy and come out their home then it's a problem and my uh, two relatives you know from my the in law sides two girls are came go and never they been uh, returned back right so is the sindh assembly more progressive than the rest of the country yes yeah that's yes. what i'm figuring yeah. because i don't think the rest of pakistan is the same as sindh well the yes, ma- we are the uh, more of uh, mostly uh, legislation had been done yes. in uh, sindh assembly in 2013 the first time the hindu marriage bill was uh, passed in sindh assembly then after uh, when we were uh, very uh, uh, worried about our young girls come forced conversion then sindh assembly uh, made a re- legislation and passed a bill the early child marriage bill and after that uh, we were hopefully the it's a implementing now and uh, uh, the girls are somehow uh, back so is there anything you are doing to help the rest of the country be as progressive as yours uh, we are trying but after the uh, 18 amendment in our constitution the provinces is the more uh, 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 i think uh, strengthened and every province made their own law mm. that's why it's a some problem but uh, uh, we are trying to the other assemblies to do the in because the in sin uh, in the 18 years in punjab in the 16 years and if the uh, some girls come out their home 
and they went uh, they go to other province and uh, like the punjab and the other province and married there because the, there is the no age limit so well, it's a problem so from what i am able to gather sindh has the majority of the population there's almost uh, 4 million 4.2 million hindus that live in sindh punjab there's only 211000 and balochistan there's only 49000 yes. so uh, therefore there's uh, the concentration in, in the sindh is uh, but sindh province by itself is is very populated uh, more than 4 million uh, uh, hindus live there but there are many more um you know for us indians we we find it a little difficult to understand why these kind of things happen uh, because in in for the hindus the muslims that live in in india they have a lot more uh, freedom to associate to do whatever than than what i can imagine is happening in pakistan and let me just be a little personal about this I grew I studied in Pakistan. I grew up in Pakistan for uh, uh, when I was between the ages of 10 and 13. So my parents were posted to Pakistan in the Indian High Commission in Karachi. Yes. So at that time we had experience first I have first had experience of why how difficult it was to go to a temple. Mm. There was a temple in Clifton there was a nag temple in clifton there was another temple in S- sadar bazar and we had to go there we had to hide going to these temples jawahar hold that thought we will have to go to a commercial break mangla ji so uh, please do stay with us after the commercial break and we would like to discuss a little more with you movie reviews and local community roundup every saturday 4 to 6 pm on masala 98.7 fm hi i'm jawahar i'm sanchali and i'm pramod indo american news radio hotel owners improve your purchasing chain and your profits with suppliers from Gujarat meet them at a free expo at the SLPS event center in Dallas from April 27th to April 29th get faster delivery lower import fees and better prices call 8447976111 for no cost registration organized by Southern Gujarat Chamber of Commerce and Industry and sponsored by Ahoa Shan butter chicken sauce now available at Costco. Real authentic taste in just 3 steps. Pour, cook, serve and enjoy. Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share or disagree with Sanjali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better. Every Saturday, listen to Masala Radio 3 to 6 p.m. Indo-American News. Welcome back everybody. We're talking to Mangla Sharma who's uh, the, a member of the parliament in Pakistan and she's member of the Sindh Assembly. Assembly. Okay. And she is actually visiting Houston right now, visiting the US and she t- uh, graciously took the time away to to join us and talk about the c- the condition of the Hindus in Pakistan. Ah, uh, Mangla ji. 
Uh, are you here on a private tour or uh, an official tour? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm on the private tour, just visiting here and see the how the are different communities, different people from the different countries living here and it's a very good uh, diversity uh, community here. Mm-hmm. Achha. Mm-hmm. Manglaji, tell us a little bit about uh, the Pakistan Hindu Council. You're well, right. no, wait a minute, wait oh, a minute. I, I had posed something to Manglaji before we went on the commercial break. I talked to you about my experience as, as a Hindu and my parents' experience. Has that changed? What I explained yeah, to you? Yeah, it's now the, uh, I think the 70 to 80 percent, uh, I think, in 60s. You are talking about the uh, 16s. 60s, right, 60s, right, yes. Right. Uh, you know, the, after the 60, uh, 47, the people who were residing there, Pakistan, they are the afraid. And they hide their uh, all things because the after the partition, the people were the very scared and afraid. But uh, now the things going to be a change, and now the with freedom, but a problem, some problems is uh, like the forced conversion is a main problem and discrimination in the uh, remote areas mm. because the uh, there the Hindus are the of the upper level. And they contribute in the economic and the financially, they are the financially strong and with the, the uh, lower level like the scheduled caste and the labor class. But the, there is a no uh, middle class in Hindus in the Pakistan. Mm-hmm. There's the other one, if one have uh, everything, uh, uh, pr- yeah, enjoy the privileges and the, all the things and the other ones, are the, they have the nothing to do and they have uh, uh, like the right. workers and the farmers. So, so yeah, you are a member of the managing committee at the Pakistan Hindu Council. So what are some of the activities and, you know, how do you contribute and how do you spread? Yes. Like, Actually, uh, we made an organi- organization that was named the Pakistan Hindu Council in 2004. Okay. Uh, because the, it's a non-profitable uh, organization and uh, we made the for the welfare of the Hindus and every year. Uh, this is the 15th years. Every year we made the 100 year, uh, girls the marriage or the uh, poor girl, m- girls marriages. Then the, we have the 16 schools in the Tharparkar and the areas where the, almost the 3,000 students are studying. And uh, we have the 16 uh, ambulances and the Mayad bus because the, there was the some problem for the, our community to go to the crimination ground. So uh, this is the Hindu Council uh, uh, Mayad bus and all things, uh, the, the Russian drive for the Diwalis and now uh, recently we have uh, uh, launched a heritage book for the heritage sites for the non-Muslims like the Mandars and the Gurdwaras. In like the hundred uh, uh, sites there are the uh, uh, temples there. You so we are uh, working for the uh, Hindus especially and the leading organization of the Pakistan. Well, you know, from what I've been able to gather, there's about 100 temples in, in Pakistan and about 100, maybe 150 gurdwaras, something like that. Maybe I have my numbers backwards. It's interesting that we, just today also, there was a webinar titled Hindu Census in Pakistan. Yes, I was and just that was, going to ask uh, you. It was on a webinar that's uh, at 8 o'clock this morning in Los Angeles and then, it will, of course, uh, simultaneously in Chicago, London, Karachi, New Delhi, and Singapore. And it was live on Zoom, Twitter, and Facebook page. So I, I don't know uh, how it went, but it's interesting that it happened the same day that we have you on. So is the Hindu population yeah. at all growing a little bit, or is it diminishing by the day? Actually, it's uh, some tricky. 
बिकॉज नाउ द सेंस इज गोइंग ऑन इन पाकिस्तान एंड इट्स अ वन इशू इज अनदर रेस्ट बिकॉज द शेड्यूल कास्ट पीपल सेट दैट दी आई हैव द शेड्यूल कास्ट एंड इन द सेंसस कॉलम इज अनदर सेपरेट कॉलम फॉर द रिलीजन सो अवर स्टांस इज देयर द शेड्यूल कास्ट इज ऑल्सो अ हिंदू एंड इफ यू डिवाइड इन द शेड्यूल कास्ट एंड द हिंदू डिवाइड एंड द शेड्यूल कास्ट विद विच रिलीजन इट्स अ प्रॉब्लम so we 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 are uh, want that's the uh, all the hindus all the hindus with the schedule card the like bill kohli meghwar all are the hindus and if we divide them then it is a problem and uh, according to 2017 census i mentioned in my assembly speech that the 0.19 a uh, population had decreased and then i raised the question in the assembly on the floor that please tell me if the population is uh, decrease then how you, then with the hindus are the migrate or or not because the after everything population of the overall the country is increased and But the minorities uh, population decreases how can how how can it be But, so migration is one of the reasons why that could be the possibility you know, another uh, thing i noticed Mang- mangalaji we we almost out of time we we have about 3 minutes to go, two and a half minutes to go i have one quick question mangalaji you mentioned gurudwaras also as part of so are all the sikhs also in, uh, included in the hindu population i uh, no no, no. Uh, sikhism is a another religion right. uh, mention is a sikhism hindu sikh parsi christian and the others okay but uh, actually in hindu religion in the schedule, hindu and the schedule caste schedule caste is the another column and my uh, stance is the schedule caste is a underprivileged community it's not another religion mm. yeah. and it's a uh, uh, effort to try to divide the hindus though it will be a more dangerous in the future well uh, mangla ji thank you so much for we joining really us today we really appreciate you you're taking the time to come in here with us i know you have other places to go and we have another guest that's lined up but thank, thank you ji thank you so thank much thank you so much thank you so much i'm very glad to be here with you all of you thank you once again well, hopefully we'll have you again before yeah, sure. you leave the us thank sure. you ji sure. all right sure. folks okay. don't go away we will be back with our next guest who's ash malhotra and salil patel talking about long term care but in the meanwhile we must uh, we're going to break for just a few seconds
Hello, everybody. We're back again. We are now joined with our next set of guests. Uh, we um, had to do this kind of change in the lineup because to, to accommodate uh, Mangla Sharma, and then uh, she's going on to another event. But uh, we're pleased to have with us our next guests, who are none other than the the duo, the dynamic duo of yeah. dynamic duo of Ash Malhotra and Salil Patel, who join us every week, uh, every, every week, month. It sounds like every week because I talk to <laughs> Ash just about every week, <laughs> every month to talk about uh, uh, different financial considerations. Uh, they've been very enlightening for many, many reasons, and they've been enlightening my pocketbook too because. <laughs> They want me to invest in this and that and that and this. But anyway, I'm going to do a very did, did quick I, bio on them. Did I ever say that? <laughs> <laughs> it's always your choice. <laughs> That's true. Okay, Ash Malotra is a longtime resident of Houston. He's also a proud U of H alumni with a background in computer science. This expertise developed into an IT security and managed services business, which he has successfully run for the last 13 years. Ash is a constant learner and teacher expanding his business ex expertise into real estate and lately into the remarkable area of financial education. Uh, this, educating families about finance and the correct vehicles for growth, protection, and tax benefit strategies is his absolute passion. Yes, and it I, is. Yes, I it thought is. your absolute passion was going to eat salads at Insalada. No, you, you, <laughs> didn't, you didn't see me dancing my way into the studio. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they found another new breakfast place. Which they yes, that yes. is correct. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> and so now let me talk about Salil Patel, who's an electrical engineer by profession, getting his MS and MBA from uh, Lamar University. He currently works in oil and gas as a senior instrumentation manager. Given his technical skills and phenomenal numbers crunching abilities, he dove headfirst into the area of financial education when the opportunity presented itself and has now made it his plan B in life. He's the passionate team leader of the FEFAF group, which stands for... Friends Educating Friends and Families About Finance. Wow. that's FIFAF. FIFAF. That's FIFAF. Got a nice little ring to it. It does, it does. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having us, Shabar. Great, of course. We always enjoy having you here with us, guys. And uh, we had, a, like I said, a little hiccup there because we had to make some arrangements. And it's so glad that you were able to work that out with no us. No worries. No worries. Our pleasure. So now today, I mean, you've educated us in the past of so many different things, huh, Pramod? Yes. And now the subject is long-term care. Correct. That's a very long, long story. It is, yes. <laughs> but it has a turn to it. <laughs> you have to be careful. <laughs> Isn't that the whole point? <laughs> That's the whole point. So tell us more. What? Why? Why should we be care, uh, concerned about long-term care? I mean, so so um, you know, I'll get it rolling by saying things. Okay, let me get my muddling out of the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. Okay. All right. I'll start by saying this: that long-term care is about caring for a person for the long term. Hey, how about that? Hey. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> so, so Short and easy. Yes. So according to the uh, you know, uh, government and reliable sources, there is, uh, there is something called ADL or activities of daily living. And mm -hmm. these act there are six activities that are counted towards uh, medical care. And uh, those are eating, bathing and hygiene. Eating meaning being able to eat yourself. Bathing and hygiene and getting dressed, grooming, uh, mobility or transferring, which is to get out of bed or get out of a chair or sit, sit back down, whatever it is. And, uh, and, and these are more or less. Uh, and the last one 
<laughs> okay, you want to hit me with something? No, I'm just saying. Every time you bang on the desk, okay, it, uh, it creates. Javar is making some obscene uh, signals. Uh, <laughs> How about I just fold my hands? <laughs> Namaste and, position. Yes, yes. And, and, and the sixth one is called uh, toileting or continence. And and essentially the rules go like this: that if a person is unable to do two out of these six activities of daily living. and and you know essentially the uh, medical professional certifies them as such then they qualify for what is known as long term care mm-hmm. that they do need uh, care whether for recuperation or just just maintaining some basically some nursing sort of them back to to, to where health. they were before yes. the event happened yeah. or or keeping them you know keeping them comfortable to something close to where they were so mm-hmm. does this include in a facility or it can be at home and we'll get to that Thank you for That's the question. That's a very good question. Yes, Sanjali. brilliant question. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this this uh, little definition of ADL or activities of daily living and how it relates to long term care is is what the core of our discussion today. So, so if you are not able to perform two out of these six, you qualify for for long term care, and then a certain portion of that may be covered, uh, you know, by your health insurance. But most health insurances, including Medicare, the standard Medicare, will not cover. Mm-hmm. the long long term care Correct. which is 2 3 4 years of uh, you know having having somebody either at a facility or a family member or what have you take care of you mm-hmm. right in 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 the long term and so yeah i'm sorry uh, to interrupt uh, but you by by this you also including whatever might be covered by medicare or might not be covered by medicare that, that is, is correct. correct that is correct that is correct, that is correct. now now remember at the bottom of everything and i'll hand it over to salil after this comment at the bottom of everything whether it's your your, your medicare medicaid your private insurances uh, any straight long term care policies it is all insurance at the end of the day so mm-hmm. somehow or the other this is an insurance coverage mm-hmm. okay and and let salil expound on Uh, a few other factors that lead into long term sure. care. Sure. Well, before you do mm-hmm. lead into that, do just give a little guideline uh, whether Medicare helps at all or not because a lot of people may be under the misconception that I have Medicare what the heck do I need anything else for? That, that is a very good question. So let me start off with that and then I'll expound on what Ash was talking about. So Medicare pays a maximum of 100 days in a calendar year. Okay? Requires a 3 consecutive day hospital stay for you to actually qualify for that. it's limited to 100 days but guess what the first 20 days are provided at no cost right the remaining 80 days or the next 80 days not remaining the next 80 days in whatever sequence you take them require a substantial daily copay that's right okay and then it covers skilled care but not chronic care okay and again the other thing is i don't think and i'm not i'm not a medicare expert i do not think medicare would cover essentially like you said informal daycare what what is the difference between chronic care and what you said skill care yeah so so your chronic care is basically you so you're suffering from a chronic disease which is not necessarily qualifying for activities of daily living okay somebody recovering from a stroke somebody recovering from heart you you can do some of them but you can't do everything perfectly well it's not going to cover that and then also remember you know the main part like i said it will not cover anything that is an informal daycare so for example your child your spouse giving you this kind of care and why is it so important so let me segue into that so the the, the us elderly population explosion you know in 2010 we had close to 39 million people in the 65 plus category 
that number is supposed to triple around 2050 to around 100 million people. And then the daily retirement rate right now is 10,000 people per day that are retiring between ages 65 and 70. Wow. Exactly. And these are your baby boomers, by the way. Right. Yeah. And, and imagine, I mean, if the, the standard that people are thinking today, what is it that I need to live comfortably in my retirement for the next 20 to 25 years is guess what? 1.7 million is the newest number that they have come up with. So one, that is what 1.7 million from which age? Uh, from many? 65 onwards. 65 onwards. You for the next to 20 to 25. In your kitty to, to, to retire comfortably and live at the same standard that you that are living. You and this is essentially for a couple. I just want to call it. Yes, that. yes, that is correct. So, uh, so one thing, sorry, Pramod, just one thing is, you, as you are aware, uh, you know, statistics say that one out of 10 people in the U.S. is bound to get into a car crash at some point in time in their life. So we all have insurance, right? However, seven out of 10 people are expected to receive health care, long-term care in some, you know, at some point in their time. Do you, do you think that seven out of 10 Americans have long-term care coverage right now? Definitely Maybe not. Definitely. Probably one out of 10. You are right. You are absolutely, exactly right you are absolutely correct. I actually yeah. make that analogy to say one out of 10 is yeah. how many people have it. So that is why it's very important for our, our viewers and our, 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 our listeners, sorry, to basically be well aware of what is in store for them. And it's, it's better to, to start these things now rather than, you know, actually reach that point and, you know, then you actually do not qualify. Well, for so I can... I can talk a little bit from personal experience, but we are going to wait till we come back from these commercial messages, folks. Don't go away. This is Indo-American News. Indo-American News Radio. India News. U.S. News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American News Radio. मांगने पर जहां पूरी हर मन्नत होती है मां तेरे पैरों में ही तो वो जन्नत होती है इस मदर्स डे उस जन्नत को और खूबसूरत बनाइए उस मां के हाथ को महाराजा के हीरों से सजाइए क्योंकि मां के हाथ महाराजा के हीरों के साथ और खूबसूरत होते हैं है ना स्पेशल डायमंड कलेक्शन फॉर मदर्स डे ओनली एट महाराजा ज्वेलर्स क्योंकि महाराजा में मां है 5821 हिलक्रॉफ्ट 713-784-5673 लुकिंग फॉर फ्रेश होममेड स्पाइसेस चंद्रिका मसाला इज द प्लेस चंद्रिका मसाला रिटेल आउटलेट एट फैक्ट्री लोकेशन 13220 मॉर्फी रोड चंद्रिका मसाला 100% होममेड स्पाइसेस अटास एंड चटनीज 7137893088 chandrikamasala.com 7137893088 Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanchali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better. Every Saturday, listen to Masala Radio, 3 to 6 p.m. Indo-American News. Hello, everybody. This is Indo-American News Radio, and we're talking to our financial advisors. At least they're advisors to us. They're giving, they're giving us some some feedbacks. They're educators, I guess. That's the better word. Experts. 
No, no, they're not the experts. They're educators. Yes, yeah. that's a good word. Yes. Yes. yes so yes, the educators. So Salil Patil and Ash Malhotra, and we're talking about long-term care. And I was just before the commercial break, I was going to tell you about a personal experience I had. Uh, many of you out there in Radio Land probably know that I, I take care of my mother, who's 95 years That's old. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Many years ago, uh, prior to the pandemic, she had to go to from the hospital to a nursing home. And uh, absolutely, what happened, what you just described, happened to her. Uh, three days, at least three days in the hospital, mm-hmm. she was allowed to go to the nursing home for 21 days. Mm-hmm. And they picked up the majority of the cost. Correct. After the 21st day, we were asked to vacate Oh, we would because there was not enough authorization got, given no by Medicare. More Medicare days. Medica- yeah. Medicare, or in that case, it was uh, one of these advantage programs. Mm-hmm. They, they said, "Sorry, if you want to stay, you're going to end up paying eighty percent of the cost." Oh, wow! Correct. So, uh, and we were forced to. I, I I had to do all sorts of shenanigans on the phone. I must have spent days and days and days fighting this battle with mm, them over the absolutely. phone. But it didn't work. At the end of the day, we had to vacate. And by some miracle, some sort of screw-up on their system, we were able to come back in the very next day again for another 21 days. Okay. okay. But you're right. After 100 days, you're out of luck. And then what happens after the end of 100 days? So, so uh, if I can uh, jump in real quick on this Medicare thing, again... Uh, my knowledge of that is not absolutely complete, but what I know is that most people qualify for Medicare Part A, B, and D. Right? D, D being the pharmacy benefit, and uh, A, A and being uh, A and B being health and uh, hospitalization benefits. Now, now there is a Part C in there, which is not free by any stretch of the imagination. You have to pay money, oh, which is called the Advantage, the Medicare Advantage, and that is private insurance. And that private insurance, part of what they cover is long-term care. But you got to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Most people don't realize that. They feel that Medicare is free. And you, you found out the hard way that, you know, it's it's not exactly free. That right. You know, yeah, yeah. You, you have to buy that additional coverage. Mm-hmm. So, so how do you get that? Because um, we used to have long-term care insurance, but mm-hmm. the company um, went bankrupt. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so to long-term care is an expensive proposition. Yes, yes it is. So, so again, uh, this is uh, proper prior planning, right? Yeah. So, if if you're not waiting for your retirement 65 before considering long-term care, yeah, that would be a wise decision. If you're yes. in your 30s and 40s is when you're looking at long-term care, it costs a pittance mm-hmm. com- yeah. compared to what uh, anything else in uh, health insurance would yeah. cost. So, so that is that is really what our uh, what our suggestion is, that talk to, you know, talk to financial advisors, talk to, even even uh, or if if it is too late that you're already approaching retirement, and talk to Medicare and Medicaid services, they will direct you to the the advantage, uh, the Plan C people or the Plan C companies, the ones who do that, and you can get it through there. But I I want to jump in here. I want to make sure that people understand that when you say that they can give you this, you can b- get this at a pittance when you're young. Yes. It does. It's like term life. It increases with years. No, it does. No, it does not. It does not. It it's, does not. It's a level premium. It, it if if you are taking long term care as a rider along with you know say some of your permanent cash value policies, that rate is locked in and for it is life. locked in for life. Wow. Yeah, there for is life. no there is no increase. Absolutely no, correct. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, uh, say if somebody wants to get. Um, uh, 
long-term care insurance at the age of 65 or uh -huh. 70, mm -hmm. yes. then uh, uh, I imagine you guys uh, offer a Absolutely. Yes. Yes, yes, we do. do. We can yes, always we, we can always customize it to where it, it suits them. And, and some of the policies... Can you describe what you Yes, have? absolutely. I, I just want, for the, for the sake of our, our listeners, I want, to, I want them to direct to, to one website that is www.longtermcare.gov. Okay. www.longtermcare.gov. This is by the United States government. All the information that we are reading out right now is from that website. Okay. So give us an idea. If you are looking at buying premium or, or paying the premium at the age of 70 mm -hmm. for long-term care, uh, what should you expect? $3,000 a year or $5,000 okay. a year? So, so the way it works is as you get closer and closer to you know 65 and 70, the, the, the rates start going up. So one thing that we have to decide upon is at the age of 45 – you know, let me indulge you in a second, for a second. At the age of 45, you really do not know what your long-term care costs are going to be. But at the age of 65 and 70, we really know what our long-term care costs are because, you know, inflation is not going to affect them. So decide upon a, a value that you would like your long-term care costs to be pegged at. I would like to have $200,000 worth of long-term care, okay? Now, this is going total. to be... Total. Total, correct. And this is going to be a total long-term care that the insurance company will pay out over a period of time. So normally, it is between 48 to 84 months. Normally, I would advise people to go for 72 months or six years. So it's paid out over a period of six years. The costs for that, the costs are a little higher, but guess what? If the person was to not use any long-term care benefits, and if the person was to pass away, the entire premium is returned back. Ah, okay. Yes, well, so it's a return of premium. Okay, well, that's nice. But what is the premium? Uh, if I was to give you just guesses, okay? So for a $250,000 premium on a 65-year-old, I mean, $250,000 total LTC amount for a 65-year-old person, it would be close to, I would say for a five-year policy, you would play, pay close to $70,000. Oh, okay. So it's about a three-to-one or a three-to-one leverage or a four-to-one leverage that you would get. $70,000. So you would end up paying somewhere around $14,000 a year. A year for a five-year policy, yes. For a 10-year yeah. policy, same. It would be around $75,000. It will be a little more. A single pay would be around sixty-eight, sixty-seven $67,000, obviously a little less. So the, the, the point is... This, this policy does not have any investable value or any growth potential in it. This policy is to ensure that you get long-term care when you want it. And that can be at any time Absolutely. in your life. Yeah, well, it, okay. anytime in your life. But remember, there is a 45-day exclusion period. You have to first qualify for, the, for, you know, right. for that. It's, it's a 90-day period. Sorry, not 45, 90-day period. But the best part is... After 90 days, on the 91st day, you will get a check for four months worth of premium. Uh -huh. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the 90-day period, and the 90-day is an exclusion period. So if you were to only take up the first 50 days, then within two years, your 51st day starts within the first two years. Uh -huh. But if you do not use any long-term care day for the first two years, then the clock will start again. Mm. Okay? So remember, so there are certain things, that, which is why, guys, again, getting it early Mm. makes perfect sense yeah so for somebody who just who tuned in if you're uh, terrified of paying fourteen thousand mm -hmm. dollars a year or roughly about twelve hundred dollars a month uh you would uh, what are your other options exactly look at the long-term benefits because anyway it's there for you if you don't use it you e exactly get it so back. so yes. so the way i would it's a win-win situation it's it's yeah. a win so so I, you you don't use it you get the premium back plus 
some interest? No, sir. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, no, 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 no. It's, it's only a return of premium. Because it's, it's a return pushing, of premium. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a return yeah. of premium for the simple reason that this is not meant to have any cash value in it. This is to leverage whatever you know percentage you get by putting money in there. Again, the point is at 65, 70, you, know, you are well aware of what your healthcare costs are going to be, at least much better than what I would be, mm-hmm. right? So you know what you need to, and based on that, you can, you can structure it. So don't go for the entire amount, go for half the amount, but at least have that half in place. What, what happens if you pay the premium for one year mm-hmm. and then discover, oh my gosh, I need to get long-term care, and you are now in long-term care. For, so you only paid one year's Correct. premium. Then how, how long coverage? That's a very good question. So for, for one year, even though you have paid one year, as long as you keep paying the premiums, you will keep getting the money back from them. Remember that. Okay. So it doesn't matter. And there is also the, the, some of the companies that we work with, if you were to exhaust your entire LTC value, you still get 20% of the premium that you have put in back as a death benefit if something mm-hmm. was to happen to you. So that's an added incentive. But there are some criteria that you have to qualify for that. You have to be in their, their program for so many years, right? In the end, the insurance company is not doing it out of the love of their heart, right? Yeah, they are here yeah. to do our business too. Yeah. Talking about qualifying, does everyone qualify for long-term oh. care? So let me tell you, I'll give you a personal <laughs> because, example. Because, you know, like for health insurance, if there are, if there are like yeah. pre-existing. Yeah. So I'll give, you, I'll give you a quick example yeah. on this. Um, as I would always explain to everybody, you know, insurance for women are, is, is cheaper than men. Yay. Right? Because, <laughs> because women live longer than men. And guess what? Women are prone to make less stupid decisions. When it comes Yay. <laughs> Absolutely. Again. I mean, no questions asked, right? So Charlie just turned the air conditioner down. <laughs> hey, that was a wise decision, by the way. I second Every, that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but the same thing is held against women because they live longer. Their long-term care is it's higher. Costlier. It's costlier than that. So to answer your question, does everybody qualify for longer? No. In fact, more people would qualify for a term death benefit than for long-term care because mm. you only die once, but you go to the healthcare facility, God knows how you many times going, yeah. you yeah. can keep going, right? So, so uh, Once again, going back to the Medicare example, does Medicare offer any riders like this that they could give you long-term care? That's, um, the, that's the part C. That's the part C that part C of Medicare, yeah. Oh, I see. And that again is private insurance. It has, you have to go through one of the providers qualified by Medicare. They have their own rules and regulations, but yes, they do have long. So care. essentially, you got to pay one way or the other. That's right. And it would be end up the premium might end up being the same. Yes, no but, but one lunches. thing one thing you have to know one thing you have to note here is some of the the stuff that the government offers is basically reimbursable. You have to provide the receipts in order to get that. However, what private insurance can offer you is what is called as cash indemnity type policies, where mm-hmm. as long as you qualify for long term care, you don't even have to provide any receipts. It could be informal daycare, like I said. It could be your spouse. It could be your children. It could be a neighbor who is providing you this daycare. You don't even have to provide any receipts for that. And is there a difference uh, for long-term care between the carriers? Yes, 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 sir. Yes, sir. Let me tell you this. There is not that many carriers who carry long-term care either. So there are very few. So you are better off, promote to your example, and I'm trying to rush to it, you are better off having, you know, long-term care with a pol- with a carrier that has been around for at least 70, 7,500 years. We were know. with Mass, mass Mutual. Oh, they, yeah, uh, wow, and they went bankrupt too. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. That, that, that was during COVID. 
no uh, much earlier it, it was than that. much before really? that because yeah. everybody all the insurance carriers are really suffering with long term and they're care getting policies. out of it they're getting yeah, out they're getting of out it. of it yeah why why is that because it's so expensive because so long term care is so expensive in our country over be- here because of that so what happens if they're going out of the business and then you you have you 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 can't yeah, find a carrier plan to pay out of your pocket the, the yeah. problem is you're going to end up from being an oligopoly to a duopoly to a monopoly and then the only competition you will have is the government which everybody oh, knows no. you know i don't want to say anything about that you know you're scaring everyone we're we not scaring i mean it is it is you know it's, we, we it's we, a fact of life we wish we could is. yeah we wish we yeah. could be an ostrich right? but so here you, that's what we are educating what you're about. telling me and what i'm hearing from promote is less and less companies are offering long term care that is correct that sir. is correct yes. that is correct yep So yeah. what what's your advice you all are the educators tell us So our advice mainly would be again I'm not going to say this is no country for old men okay that I'd be I'd be you know <laughs> vain to say that Wasn't I'm, there a movie like yeah. this Yes yeah. it was yeah. Tommy Lee yeah. Jones movie yes. pretty it, pretty it, violent one Yeah right? yes so <laughs> my yeah, god Yeah it won an Oscar too Yes anyway, it, that, it did So so the the point is you know right now evaluate your healthcare needs at any age okay don't I'm not saying talk to us only talk to multiple people people like us who are who are there to offer you know advice try to shop around in the market you know it, it may not be as bad as we are we are we are you know it could depend on your personal health as well some 70 year old again I I mentioned this point and I don't want to digress too much there's something called as a chronological age and a biological age right mm. chronological age how many times has your has your body circled around the sun right biological your biological age could be lesser than your chronological age for all you know True. jawar look at him i mean he can beat me in a marathon what <laughs> he, he actually has claimed that too promote said he can do more pushups than i can no. right sanchali says she can hike more than i can sanchali traveled more than i can i can tell yeah. you that for a fact but to the thermostat <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so, i'm not gonna let you go uh, that hurts so uh, what do you recommend if you're someone who's in their 40s or 50s versus someone who's in their 70s okay, and, and i hate to bother you but we've got 4 minutes left yeah okay. all right go ahead ashal so take. so that there's uh, like salil was pointing out there's always options uh, like you know financial people like ourselves and shop around by all means yeah. because that is the time when you get ltc at ridiculously low rates right or or basically you know talk talk to your insurance company existing health health insurance companies to see if they have any extension i mean that. i would say a 40 year old person absolutely use the financial vehicle of the iul well absolutely. on on that note guys before we run completely out of time i want you to give out your numbers and your sure. contact information sure. we're talking so, to ash malhotra <coughs> and salil patel that's correct so this is ash and my number is 832 723 and salil You can use yeah, the, same the same number, number. as that. Please, number. please repeat that for me, Jawar. Eight three two seventy five seventy five. That's your number. Eight three two seven two three ninety five fifty five. Oh, seven two three ninety five fifty five. That is correct. So, uh, what you're saying is, if somebody's in their forties and fifties, so, so they can get the, the IUU yes. insurance yes, and have a long term care right. rider. Very well said, Pramod. And, and those, look at this no, guy, I man. Know. I don't think you need us, Jawar. I think Sanjali <laughs> and Pramod can pretty much take care of this. So yes, and those riders are ridiculous. So if you ask me for a million dollars, you know, forty four years age. Uh, I think the the long term care rider would be close for for a million dollars would be close to five hundred dollars a year. Whoa, that's locked great. in. Yes. That locked is in, a guys. No brainer, guys. That's a no brainer. Locked and in. Folks. And like like we've been mentioning, you know that the younger you are starting with these policies, especially these IULs, man, this is really monetizing your age and your health. So yes. there is that's one good. other way to, around this for older folks. 
find someone who's you know much younger try to get their social security oh. number <laughs> <laughs> there you go there you go please yeah. don't listen to jawahar <laughs> listeners w- what you're saying uh, if you're over 70s then you should look into that schedule c uh, uh, the uh, medical medicare part or actually look for a long term care policy, policy which does yes. not have any of these other you know cash value benefits yeah. but gives you a leverage benefits with a return of premium should you sure. not use it right you know It's, or, a, it's or, a hard choice. Or you get a much younger spouse to take care of you. <laughs> well, you know. But I mean, you, you, Jawar is spouse, looking. If the spouse goes into uh, long-term care, you know, yeah. how is that going to happen? It's a short-term memory. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Thank you so much. We're talking to Salil Patel and uh, Ash Malhotra, who uh, are our financial educators. They come in once a month, and we are always delighted to learn so many different things. Yeah. A little frightened by what you're telling us, Ash. Yeah, and but a yeah. wealth of information. So, yeah, thank you so thank much. You. For, thank you. you know. It's always dark before you see the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, would, right? Would me turning up the AC reduce your fright <laughs> a little bit? <laughs> He's sweating now. All those now. things will help. <laughs> so, if you are interested in learning more about this, please do call up Ash Malhotra. Ash, yep. want to give you out your number again? Certainly. It's uh, 832-723-9555. Great. And folks, we will be back with our next guest. Thank We've you. had to change our format a little bit, but don't go away. This is Indian American News. We will be back right after these messages. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. You're listening to Masala Radio, 107.5 KGLK, HD4, Lake Jackson, and 98.7 FM, K254BZ, Fairbanks. Masala Indo-American News Radio India News US News World News Movie Reviews And Local Community Roundup Every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM Hi, I'm Jawahar I'm Sanchali And I'm Pramod Indo-American News Radio Shan Butter Chicken Sauce now available at Costco. Real authentic taste in just three steps. Buy and win a Costco gift card. For details, visit Shan Foods Instagram page. Our Marijuve announces amazing spring savings. Two skin pens, also called microneedling, two microfacials, and a revision Revox line relaxer. All five treatments for $900. Buy one syringe of filler and get 20 units of Botox free. Laser hair removal, three medium areas for $1,000. Valid until April 30th. Call for your appointment, 713-960-6262 or visit Amerijuve.com. Amerijuve, look good, feel good. Hotel owners, improve your purchasing chain and your profits with suppliers from Gujarat. Meet them at a free expo at the SLPS Event Center in Dallas from April 27th to April 29th. Get faster delivery, lower import fees and better prices. Call 844-797-6111 for no-cost registration. Organized by Southern Gujarat Chamber of Commerce and Industry and sponsored by AHOA. 
If you think you're keeping up with the news, tell us what you know. Get on the Indo-American News Radio Quiz Show. I think I know this. The only quiz of its kind on Desi Radio in the U.S. And win points, a prize, laughs, and make friends. To get on the Indo-American News Radio, email today IndoAmericanNews at yahoo.com or call 713-789-6397. Indo-American News Radio on Masala 98.7 FM every Saturday 3 to 6 p.m. with Jawahar Sanchali Pramod and Jyoti. Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share or disagree with Sanchali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better. Every Saturday, listen to Masala Radio, 3 to 6 p.m. Indo-American News. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, thank you for staying with us. Uh, our next guest is Dr. Vivek Kavadi. Uh, we are honored to have him. He's a practicing oncologist with a special interest in breast cancer and prostate cancer. He studied biochemistry at Rice University, where he graduated summa cum laude. He then received his medical degree from Harvard Medical School. He completed a residency in radiation oncology at the MD Anderson Cancer Center, where he was also the chief resident. After over 25 years in clinical oncology, in, nine, in 2020, he took on a position as the chief radiation oncology officer for U.S. oncology. He continues to see patients on a weekly basis. In 2019, he was honored by the American Society of Radiation Oncology by being granted the title of Fellow. From 2019 to 2021, he completed an MBA from Wharton School of Business where he was the commencement speaker. This was the uh, biography that uh, Vivek sent us. What it doesn't mention is his great uh, athletic ability. Uh, uh, I play with him... uh, Volleyball every Sunday, and he's our star player. Really? Okay. How about that? Kudos, congratulations. Amazing. <laughs> that, I mean, you, both of you do not have the build. I know. I was, <laughs> going, I was thinking the same thing. You just said it. Greatness <laughs> is defined by the competition, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, uh, my, one of my teachers uh, told me when I was uh, first in the um, in the class, and he said, of one? "The tallest, <laughs> the, the tallest tree in the Sorry, desert is a cactus." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, Vivek, thank you so much for taking the time on a busy Saturday. I know you've got plans for this evening, and that you uh, were uh, we juggled the, the the schedule so that we could make this work. But we've been talking to you for a while about uh, about being on the show because. Uh, frankly, we like to get a lot of professionals here who have this this great n- uh, knowledge base to educate people about certain things. And one of the frightening things, apart from uh, long-term care that we were talking about <laughs> yeah, a little while now. ago, yeah. one and of the frightening things is cancer. And yeah. and uh, so, what symptoms should people be looking at when they when they talk about cancer? I mean, how does one even get a faint idea. One day you go to the doctor and they say, oh, you got a lump. 
Absolutely. Well, first off, thank you for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure to join you guys. I've known all of you for a long time, especially Pramod, who's been a family friend for 45 years. Wow. Uh, And so what I would say is when we talk about diagnosis of cancer, you have to think about it in two different ways. One is, does the patient have symptoms? Mm -hmm. Are there particular symptoms that the patient should be looking out for? And the second is screening, and that's in the context of what patients will do with their physicians during their annual visits. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about symptoms first. And the symptoms are very much related to the location or the type of cancer. So if a person was to have a head and neck cancer, what are the things that you're looking out for? You're looking out for a change in voice, a lump in the neck, uh, bleeding from the mouth or the throat, difficulty swallowing. These are the types of symptoms for head and neck cancer. Which for Indian Americans, especially those who have recently come from India, is a significant risk. Really? Yes. Head and neck cancer in the United States is less than 5% of all cancers, but in India it's about 25%. Mm. Wow, why? And it's mainly because of the use of oral chewing tobacco mm-hmm. and, and pan and, and, and all of that. Oh, so that yes. contributes to it. If we're talking about lung cancer, then you're looking at symptoms such as any change in breathing, if you're having a, a prolonged cough, if you are coughing up blood pain in the chest. Now, many of these symptoms you can have with simple infections. So not every time if you have a lung symptom that you have to worry that you have cancer, but those are some of the symptoms that you would think about. For women, uh, if they feel a lump in the breast, uh, that's something that needs to be evaluated. Uh, If you're having any type of GI bleeding, that can be an indication of a colorectal problem. So the the symptoms that you look out for are related to the different illnesses that are possible. From a screening perspective, there are many cancers, fortunately, that there is effective screening. Well, so the symptoms that you've described so far, they're all somehow related to a breakdown in the tissue that causes you to bleed or somehow not be able to function in that proper way. In a, in a very general sense, that's absolutely true. So that you have a tumor, for example, a tumor in the rectum, it erodes the lining of the rectum, and that's where the bleeding happens. So you're absolutely right. That, that is one reason for that. Uh, another reason is that the tumor mass may be pressing on the normal tissue, mm-hmm. and then that process can cause symptoms. So, for example, if you had a, a mass in the head of the pancreas, it can press on the bile duct, and as a result, there's an increased risk of the patient developing jaundice. So jaundice is a, is a symptom that needs to be looked at very carefully. Dr. Kabri, talking about symptoms, oftentimes, you know, we don't see the symptoms until it's at the terminal stage, you know, and people are, they're like the silent types, and people are totally unaware that they even have a cancer growing in their body. That is unfortunately the case for many deadly cancers, And, Mm -hmm. and oftentimes the reason something is deadly is because it presents itself at a very advanced stage, and unfortunately, brain tumors many lung cancers, pancreatic cancer. These are tumors that are diagnosed later because they don't present symptoms earlier. And there's not a good screening mechanism for some of these cancers. So Mm -hmm. the reason that you want to do screening is you want to catch the cancer before it becomes symptomatic and in the process in a much more treatable stage. So how many screenings can you do? I mean, there are so many parts of your body that, you know, that cancer can attack. There are different screening recommendations based on gender, age, family history. Uh, And so, for example, uh, for women, uh, annual mammograms are are recommended. 
Now, it's a little controversial at what age you should start. Uh, there are groups in the medical profession who feel that you should start at age 40. And if there's a family history, to start even earlier. There is more evidence now to say that you could start a little later, but that's still a controversial area. Uh, with respect to lung cancer, uh, low-dose CT screening, CAT scan screening, is very effective in finding cancers earlier. Now, that's a, 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 a technique that really is recommended for patients at high risk, so those that have a long smoking history or, or a family history. Then to do CT screening is recommended. Uh, everybody at the age of 50 is recommended to undergo a colonoscopy. Uh, to check for colorectal cancers. Mm -hmm. uh, men uh, are advised to get PSA tests. Now, the challenge that we get into with all this is that there's a cost involved in everything. Yeah. And so when you think about recommendations, recommendations are a function of the effectiveness of the procedure versus the cost of screening a mass population for a small number that you will catch and, and treat. So that's an actuarial conversation as to how to spend your money. But almost always these tests are very effective in helping us diagnose but cancer. They're so mostly covered by insurance, aren't they, the preliminary screening? Most of the time, yes. 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 But, so in effect, you're saying don't rush out and get a, a, an MRI or a CAT scan just because you think it's, you'd want to screen your whole body somehow or the other. Now, there are entities that, that do whole body CAT scan uh, screening uh, for a cash price uh, mm -hmm. to help diagnose a variety of disorders. I, I would suggest that you know, your listeners not go down that path. Uh, now, if somebody was extremely anxious or had uh, multiple family members and they were really scared and wanted to do that, there's nothing wrong in doing that, but that's not what would be considered a national recommendation. I but there think. are markers, that you, cancer markers, that you can try to find, right? So the most effective cancer marker in a blood test is for prostate cancer, and that's the PSA blood test. Mm -hmm. And generally, men are advised to start that at age 50 or so. Uh, is uh, it very effective? It is, it is very effective, but it has to be thought of in the context <coughs> of there's no single number that diagnoses cancer. There is a number, but there is more importantly a trend that you follow. And if the PSA is rising, and if it's rising in a way that's outside the normal bounds, then that indicates a need for a biopsy. Mm -hmm. But not that one person's number of 4.5, if the upper normal is 4, automatically they have cancer many times that they don't. But what you're doing is you're using pieces of information, you're making judgments about trends, and then assessing risk and then recommending biopsies. Uh, Vivek, can you talk about carcinogens, uh, known factors that can cause uh, cancer? And it may be possible to take some preventive action, like not uh, smoking and so forth. So there are uh, many environmental uh, mm. toxins, so to speak, that, that you worry about. Asbestos uh, was associated with lung cancer mm. and mesothelioma. Uh, radon gas is associated with, with lung cancer. So these are things that are found in the environment in the construction industry. It's much more known, so that's not, those are not materials that are used now, but there are older structures that still have that. Right. Uh, if you have a smoking history, uh, if you have a uh, oral tobacco use, these are carcinogens. There are some viral uh, agents that increase the risk of uh, malignancies, uh, HPV virus, uh, which can increase the risk of genitourinary malignancies. And hence, uh, HPV vaccination is now recommended for teenagers 
and highly effective in preventing cervical cancer and other malignancies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dr. Kavri, what are the new technologies that have uh, you know, come out to treat cancer patients? So if you think about treatments for cancer, they fall into three buckets, uh, surgery, radiation, and systemic therapy or chemotherapy. These are three broad buckets. In surgery, there have been uh, innovations in new equipment and new minimally invasive techniques where the patient can have a cancer operation in a much more uh, patient-friendly way with with shorter hospitalizations, lower uh, morbidity, Uh, robotic surgery, for example. In radiation, we on, have on, on that thought. Just, just uh, wanted to interrupt. It's uh, you know this is of course a layman talking, but it seems like a lot of people when they go in for surgery, uh, you hear well they got the cancer, they got this, 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 but two months later it showed up somewhere else, and it's almost as if the cancer is playing a game of hide and seek with you. You know, so is there some validity to this? I mean. Does it, is, is, are the cancer cells prone to actually just migrating somewhere else if they are under attack? So that scenario does happen. Uh, there's probably three contributing factors for why a person would have a procedure and two months later it's found somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. One is perhaps uh, the full workup to the extent that it should have been done may not have been done. So it could be that this was there and was not noted. Mm -hmm. The second scenario is that any technique that we have has a threshold beyond which you can detect something. So if you have a CAT scan or MRI scan, these tests are not foolproof. They have a minimum threshold beyond which they can identify things. So some cancers are are microscopic and cannot be detected at that stage or that point in time. The third thing is some tumors are just extremely aggressive. And even though you have done everything correctly and you have found absolutely nothing at all, some tumors, unfortunately, are very aggressive and they grow rapidly and that microscopic disease manifests itself in a short period of time somewhere else. Uh, the term is metastasized, right? Right, um, metastasized, right. Metastasized. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and you identify what stage you are in. There are like four stages. Roughly, most cancers are staged from a one to four system, not uh-huh. all. Okay. Uh, generally speaking, uh, stages one and two are what we call local disease. Uh-huh. Uh, one is almost always the tumor is where it started. Stage two may be a larger tumor where it started or a tumor that has spread to the regional lymph nodes. Uh-huh. Stage three is when it has spread a little bit more aggressively to the regional tissues. And stage four is when it has metastasized or spread elsewhere in the body. Oh, okay. Now, that is true in general. There are some exceptions to that. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, uh, I have a silly question here. I mean, <clears throat> but I'm known to ask a lot of silly questions. Yeah. <laughs> so, so <laughs> but, you we know, can, <laughs> can you get cancer from being with someone, like kissing oh. someone? Can you get cancer that way? I... <laughs> No. So the general answer is no. Uh, now, there are some virally mediated cancers. Uh-huh. Okay. Virus, yeah. And the virally mediated cancers, HPV virus, for example, what is happening is that you're not transmitting cancer from one person to another. 
but you're transmitting the virus from one person to another. Uh-huh. And in the process of doing that, head and neck cancers and genitourinary cancers can be transmitted that way, and so, hence the, the recommendation to vaccinate teenagers. So SPDs and HPVs, like you said, right? HPV is a known risk factor for certain types of cancers. Okay. Yeah. But the cancer itself is not contagious, but the agent that can contribute to its development is contagious. And so sexually transmitted yes. also. Yes. yes. So, well... That's not a silly you question. You said kissing, okay? So, yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Gaudi, I have a question. So, we were talking about the new technologies and uh, we had just uh, touched on uh, One the surgery. Yeah. So, there's radiation and then there's chemo. And uh, I have a personal, uh, you know case my sister-in-law she got radiation uh, therapy and then one of her legs is swollen like you know it almost looks like elephantitis so um, there are a lot of side effects with all of these treatments so if you can touch on the two Mm -hmm. things one is the new technologies and the other two areas and some of the side effects sure so in every circumstance the goal of any cancer innovation from a treatment perspective is to make the intervention very specific to the tumor and sparing the normal tissues to the best of our ability. Mm. Now, that's a balancing act. There, there is absolutely no way with any of these three modalities to only attack the cancer, all right? The cancer doesn't sit in isolation. It's surrounded by normal tissues. And so the goal of all treatments and the goal of all innovation is to make the treatment much more targeted. And so... With surgery, I mentioned the, the robotic treatments and more minim- minimally invasive surgeries. On the radiation side, we have linear accelerators and particle uh, accelerators that allow us to very fine-tune the delivery of radiation to target the cancer. And there are many, there are many ways that we do that, and we can get into more detail on that if you'd Dr. like. Dr. Kauri, I'll yes. have to interrupt you for a second. We do go into commercial breaks sure. every 20 minutes, so we are almost at the time for a commercial break. So please hold that thought, and we will be right back. After local community roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Prabhon. Indo-American News Radio. Mahesh's Kitchen, an upscale Indian restaurant and bar in Sugarland Town Center. Where authentic organic cuisine meets beautiful modern decor. With vegetarian, Jain, and gluten free options. 100% halal. Do go with Bento Box and Uber Eats. Maheshiskitchen.com. Catering for up to 300. Mahesh's Kitchen, fine dining. A tribute to Mahesh Puranik. Shan Butter Chicken Sauce now available at Costco. Real authentic taste in just three steps. Pour, cook, serve and enjoy. Crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanchali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better. Every Saturday, listen to Masala Radio, 3 to 6 p.m. Indo-American News. 
Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Dr. Vivek Kauri, and he's talking to us about cancer treatment, and we were, talk we were going to touch on the different types of technologies. Sure. So we were discussing uh, newer radiation oncology techniques. So two things I'd like to highlight are something called stereotactic treatment, and in this type of treatment, we give a very high dose of radiation to just where the tumor is. We have the technology now where the machines can deliver treatment with one millimeter accuracy uh, and target areas of disease to very high doses of radiation and hopefully ablate the tumor. The second thing that, that I think has been a great development over the last many years is image guidance, where we actually visualize where the tumor is right before we turn on the beam. So that gives us far more accuracy. Mm -hmm. You're talking about linear accelerators. Yes. yes. And then the third bucket is what we talked about earlier in terms of systemic therapy. And this can be chemotherapy. This can be hormonal therapy. It can be immunotherapy. And in this treatment approach, what you're doing is you're addressing the cancer not from a local perspective. The surgeon removes the tumor. The radiation oncologist addresses the tumor or the lymph nodes. In systemic therapy, you're often giving the medication via the intravenous route or by an oral route. Now, that medication then treats the entire body. That's mm. why it's called systemic treatment. Mm. And there has been a great deal of advance in this area with newer chemotherapy agents, newer immunotherapy agents, newer targeted therapy. And the combination of all of these innovations, frankly, has had a profound impact on how many patients are now cured, how many patients live a long period of time. I remember very early on in my career, I, the, the rate at, that we used to think about in terms of long-term control of patients with cancer was about 58% of anybody diagnosed with cancer. And now a quarter century later, that number is 68%. So, really? Wow, so if you think amazing. about it, to have a 10% <clears throat> improvement over 25 years is a phenomenal improvement. Now, you can say 68% is too low. Absolutely, it's too low. But it is a dramatic improvement, and all of the research and development has contributed to that. And probably the number of uh, cancer patients have also probably tripled in that time, or maybe quadrupled, I don't know. So the latest numbers in the United States, uh, the annual incidence is about 1.9 million people are diagnosed with cancer and approximately 600,000 uh, succumb to their illness uh, every year. Are you talking about every year? Yeah, every year. Um, w tell me, uh, I, I know I'm going a little bit off the beaten path here, but why, why is it uh, that cancer treatment has been uh, so... Challenging? Yeah, right. So it's slow in catching up with and treating all this stuff. I mean, w I... I it's the hardest. You, you want more things done earlier. Most is that what you're saying? Most difficult right. disease yes, to exactly. diagnose. I mean, there's been billions of dollars spent on this thing. We're talking, going to touch on that with health policy uh, and when we get to that. But, but you already talked about the technologies. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Do you, there are new technologies in cancer research, in cancer treatment right now? Right. So those are the ones that I, that I mentioned. And okay. to answer your question about why it's so hard, you have to understand it's not one illness. It's one term. Mm -hmm. Cancer is one term, but it's not one illness. These are all unique illnesses. And unfortunately, for most of these illnesses, we don't really have a good cause. We have a correlation. We can say that there's a strong correlation between smoking and lung cancer. But the reality is there are many smokers who don't get lung cancer, and there's some patients who've never smoked who do get lung cancer. Yeah. So even that 
is not necessarily a 100% causation scenario. It's what we call a correlative type of finding. And so we have a situation where it's not one illness, and we don't necessarily know the cause of many of these tumors. And so to get an answer that's holistic and say, well, you know, we can treat cancer as a disease, it's a lot more complicated. Right, I understand. So cancer, I've also heard from other physicians, actually, that everyone has cancer cells in their body. Is that true? I, I don't know that I would put it quite that way. I think everybody has potential cancer genes in their body. How often that gets manifested into a cancer depends on many things. And one of the reasons why the incidence is going up is because people are living longer. Mm -hmm. uh, cancer is an illness of the elderly. And as people live longer and the average lifespan increases, you live longer, so you are now more eligible to get a cancer. And roughly speaking, in the United States today, in a person's lifetime, if you are a woman, you have a one in three chance of developing cancer in your lifetime. And if you're a man, you have a one in two chance of developing cancer right. in your lifetime. But that's uh, uh, pretty trigger, high. Triggers can be anything. It can be environmental. It can be your lifestyle. It can be your genetic composition anything could trigger it but and that's another big reason why we do not know what is the predisposing cause right sure i mean yeah. there are there are things that that radiation exposure the irony is that low doses of radiation induce cancer and yet high doses of radiation which is what we use Cured. kills cancer so right. it's a there's a little bit of a paradox yeah, so exactly. so if you end up getting an mri or a cat scan which is low doses of radiation you might increase your chances against Even so mri right? no, no M mri not, is not radiation yeah, yeah. yeah. Only mri and ultrasound are without radiation x-rays mm -hmm. and cat scans are with radiation yes. mm -hmm. so that's why we were, we want to be judicious it's not that the risk is high but if you unnecessarily expose patients to high doses of whole body radiation through a multitude of tests, that, that's not good for them. Yeah, you yeah. know, years ago when x-rays were first uh, discovered, uh, they, people used to take f pictures just to show them, you know, doing certain things with an x-ray and so on, x-ray picture, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, no. of course, that's a long time ago. Uh, what about... Uh, healthcare policy. I mean, as I was saying earlier, there have been billions spent on cancer research. Is there a quote-unquote a cancer industrial complex? <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't say that. I, I think that people outside the medical field may, may use the term medical industrial complex. I don't know that I would say that about cancer. And here is, here is why I'm saying this. Society makes value judgments and how it wants to spend money. Mm -hmm. And we right now are at a meaningful crossroads in healthcare. Mm -hmm. uh, healthcare represents 18% of GDP wow. as a cost. Healthcare that, or cancer? Healthcare. He okay. Now, in that 18%, 5% of healthcare dollars are about cancer. Uh -huh. So it's a relatively small number, but it's a rapidly growing number. Mm -hmm. And so what we have is a scenario where we as society have made the judgment collectively that we want to do whatever we can to improve quality of life and increase longevity. Mm -hmm. We've made that judgment. And if you think about what Medicare covers, Medicare's goal is that we will pay for anything that brings value to a patient. Mm -hmm. Okay. Medicare rarely says no to things. It's the private insurers that say no to things. Mm -hmm. 
And so once you make that judgment, then you have a problem because the more you can do, the more expensive it becomes, the more patience you have. On your earlier segment, you talked about the baby boomers. You have more patients getting treatment that is effective. They live longer. They get more treatment. And all of that becomes a vicious cycle. So I don't think it's a calculated medical industrial complex, certainly not a cancer industrial complex, but it is a a huge economic challenge. And that is how do we continue to pay for what we are able to do, which frankly helps patients. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard that... uh... Cancer is the body's last resort to kill you. <laughs> well, there are, there are many, unfortunately, there are many things that can kill you. But it is, it, you know, it, the, the challenge is, as a physician and as a non-physician, as a family member, uh, there are certain illnesses that get the person's attention. Mm. And it's the way I describe it, almost as if there is an acceptable death, a good death, and a bad death, right? And there's certain illnesses that I think human beings and society accept. And there's certain illnesses that just scare the heck out of people. Yeah. All right? And if a person is it, you know, has a heart attack, unless they're 40 years old, people assume that's part of life. Yeah. If they die of old age and they get Alzheimer's, people assume that that's part of life. But if they get cancer, that is viewed as an unnatural bad death. Yeah. And I think it's just the psychology of of individuals, it's the psychology of groups. And that's been true for a very, very long time. I think that is gradually changing. And the reason it's changing is because people are living longer and more people are doing well. And once something becomes normalized and becomes a chronic illness, I mean, nobody's cured of diabetes. Nobody's cured of hypertension. But it doesn't strike fear because you feel you have treatment. It's a chronic illness. Eventually, it may get you. And I think cancer is in that metamorphosis right now to becoming a chronic illness and hopefully with that fear will go down and people will actually approach their caregivers for having that treatment i just heard last um, earlier this week that there's a new vaccine out for a certain type of cancer i mean so that is the end goal to be able to vaccinate people in order so that they don't develop certain types of cancers so that i i think you may refer maybe referring to something different what some of the research has been going on is, is to take tumor cells mm-hmm. from a person's body to engineer a vaccine around that and then to inject that treatment into the patient and, the patient, and to stimulate an immune response against their own tumor. Uh-huh. So these are very exciting things. Now, these are things that still need to be developed and tested. Obviously, very, very expensive as well. Right, I see. Is it... Uh, what about stem cells? We, I, I don't know. We, I asked you just a little while ago earlier about stem cells while we were on the uh, commercial break. But uh, we had a, 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 a guy who came here, Manish Arora. He was on our program, and he came in all the way from India to get some stem cell treatment for his condition. And it was very successful. He couldn't get this in India on its own, so he got it here. And I recently met him when I was in India a couple of uh, months ago, and he's in complete remission. Of course, he has to take things easy, but uh, it's very exciting. I have another friend who's, who's, uh, whose wife had, uh, was diagnosed with cancer, and she got the stem cell transplants, or I- infusion, I guess, and she's more or less cancer-free right now. 
So there are uh, treatment regimens, whether you use the term bone marrow transplant or stem cell transplant. And the concept fundamentally is that the patient's tumor is not localized. It's involving multiple areas within the body. It can be involved the bone marrow as in, as in patients with leukemia. These patients get high doses of systemic therapy, usually chemotherapy. And those high doses are much more successful at eradicating the tumor in their body. The problem with very high doses of chemotherapy is that it puts the patient at risk that they can't survive the treatment. Mm -hmm. So whether you're doing a bone marrow transplant or a stem cell transplant, what you're doing is you're using a mechanism by which you rescue that patient with that treatment. So the treatment of the cancer is still the chemotherapy, high dose of it, but with the transplant and in certain illnesses, this is very effective, leukemias, myelomas, where you salvage the patient by allowing them to recover from the insult that that high-dose treatment has given them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's an associated treatment. Yes. I think what uh, Jawahar was referring to about the vaccine, it was for the coronavirus. So I just looked it up. I think Pfizer and Moderna are also, you know, trying to develop mRNA cancer vaccines to treat the coronavirus. Sure. So that's different. So Uh, so Vivek, people are living longer. Uh, Is there a certain age where... Uh, you don't recommend treatment. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> when you're in your I, 80s or 90s. Now, you'd be, you'd be surprised. This question comes up in my practice on a regular basis. Right. And so that gets back to this issue of screening. Yeah. Should you do a PSA on a man who's 80 years old? Right. Should you do a mammogram on a woman who's 85 years old? Right. And that's a very, very difficult <laughs> question to answer. And it's an almost impossible recommendation it's a, a for a physician. Thing. Yeah, and the challenge I have is those are decisions that should not be made by one doctor making a judgment for one patient. Oh, okay. okay? I think those are decisions that the patient, their family member, uh, have to talk through proactively. But I have a scenario where sometimes my oldest patients are the ones that tolerate treatment the best. Oh, really? And I don't, I've never figured out why. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll treat a 40-year-old for a particular condition, and they have a miserable time. And I'll treat an 80-year-old for the same condition, and they <laughs> sail through it, and they act as if nothing happened. Yeah. So you cannot assume that just based on age, what a patient will or will not right. tolerate. And the other comment I make to patients is they say, should I have treatment? I say, well, it depends on what your goals are. Yeah. And he says, Doc, what do you mean? I said, well, you're 80 years old today. What is your goal? If, if you say that you're happy with where you are in life and, and you don't want to do anything aggressive, then let's not do this. But if you tell me that your goal is to live to 100, well, you can't leapfrog 90. Yeah. You've got to get to 90 before you get to 100. And so I think individuals have to make that judgment based on their quality of life, their overall health, what the rest of their life is like, and if they want to be aggressive to, to do the best they can. Certain illnesses, if you don't treat them, will get the patient very quickly. Yeah. Certain illnesses like low-grade prostate cancer will not. Oh, okay. And that's why certain men with prostate cancer, we do what's called active surveillance, and we don't treat them. Oh. Uh, so that's a very complicated question. And in a society like ours, where basically the judgment is anybody can have whatever they want, as long as they have the means to pay for it. Right. Uh, but in other countries, they've made a very different decision on yeah. this. Uh, uh, so we make, uh, we have, uh, we've got about two and a half minutes left. Uh, a real quick question. 
chemotherapy. Yes, uh, we, I was we've heard uh, many cases of people uh, coming back and throwing up violently and not yes, being able to, yes, yes. And, and all that stuff. Has that regimen of chemotherapy changed to where it's more bearable? Yes, I was going to ask you so the same So there thing. are different drugs, uh, and some drugs are more emetogenic or cause more nausea vomiting than others. There are newer and newer drugs that are discovered every year. And for the most part, many chemotherapy drugs do cause significant nausea and vomiting. What has changed is not that the drugs are causing less nausea and vomiting. What has changed is our ability to manage the nausea and vomiting. So there are anti-nausea medications that are given intravenously, that are given orally, that are far more effective than what used to be the case in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So the patient's ability to tolerate chemotherapy now because of all the supportive care is dramatically improved, and some of the newer agents don't cause the same level of nausea. Uh, cool. Do you have a way for listeners to contact you for more information? Sure. So I, I'm, my clinical group is Texas Oncology. You can reach us at texasoncology.com. We've got physicians and locations all around town. I, I practice in Sugarland. And you can certainly reach me at my Sugarland office. The number is 281-277-5200. Well, thank you so thank much, you, Dr. Vivek Kavri. We are much more knowledgeable as at this point, at least in five minutes from now, I might not be. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Thank That's you. a dangerous thing. Little knowledge <laughs> is dangerous. I know. But thank you so much. It's, but, uh, yeah, we have to have you back for, you know. Touching on other areas of cancer. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Happy to do. So pleasure to see, chat with you guys. Yes. Always Thank a you. pleasure Thank having you. you with us. Thank and you. folks, don't go away. We're going to be going to wrap up our show today with the wonderful and excellent, as Sanchali says, <laughs> news roundup from Pramod. Yes. Right uh, after the it's commercial It's no longer break. the afternoon news. It's the evening news. Yeah. <laughs> right. And Walter Cronkite is coming up. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right, folks, don't go away. This is Indo-American News. We'll be right back. Indo-American News Radio. India News. U.S. News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American News Radio. जिन उंगलियों ने तुम्हारा हाथ पकड़ के तुम्हें दुनिया की राह दिखाई जिसने तुम्हारी हर छोटी से बड़ी जिम्मेदारी को निभाई चलो उन तजुर्बेदार उंगलियों की चमक में चार चांद लगाते हैं और उन उंगलियों को महाराजा के हीरों से सजाते हैं Special Mother's Day Diamond Rings, only at Maharaja Jewelers. 5821 Hillcroft, 713-784-5673.
crime, politics, finances, climate change. Ah, sometimes it gets to be a bit too much. At Indo-American News Unplugged, we bring voice to your feelings. Call in to talk, share, or disagree with Sanjali and Jawahar. And listen to Jyoti playing songs based on Indian classical music with Pramod and Sudhir. So call Indo-American News Unplugged. Kick back and listen up, folks. It'll make you feel better. Every Saturday, listen to Masala Radio, 3 to 6 p.m. Indo-American News. Welcome back, everybody. Now, we've inverted our show so that we now have the news roundup towards the end. And because we had so many exciting guests with us, wouldn't you agree, Pramod? Uh, certainly. And so now, Pramod, as Sanchali would say, is going to give us the... News Roundup. Exciting. <laughs> excellent. Excellent uh, News Roundup. I never say exciting. I say excellent. Yeah. You know, news can be exciting or boring, but it's still the news. Yes. <laughs> but uh. Pro- Pramod does make it exciting, so I, I have to give that to him. Okay. <laughs> uh, live from Indo-American News Radio, this is Pramod Kulkarni with the latest news from Houston, the United States, India, and around the world. At the top of the news this evening is the price Rahul Gandhi is paying for his remark about the Modi surname. A court in Surat convicted Gandhi for defamation and sentenced him to two years in jail. Gandhi is appealing his conviction and the sentence, but meanwhile he has been disqualified from the Lok Sabha. As a consequence, Gandhi has had to vacate his government-owned house that he has lived in for two decades. In a related development, the Indian government has revoked the OCI card to f- for actor and social activist Chetan Kumar. Chetan was arrested three weeks ago for his tweet that said, Hindutva is based on lies. In happier news from India, Apple CEO Tim Cook was in India this week to open the first two stores in India, one in Mumbai and the second one in New Delhi. Cook received star treatment, which included meeting with Prime Minister Narendra Modi, watching an IPL match with Sonam Kapoor, and eating vada pav with Madhuri Dixit. Here in the United States, the Supreme Court has ordered that the abortion pill Mifepristone should remain broadly available as litigation plays out in lower courts. An appeals court has scheduled oral arguments on May 17. There has been a spate of accidental shootings lately. Yesterday, Russia revealed that one of its fighter jets accidentally dropped a lethal bomb on its own city, Belograd, which is near, located near the border with Ukraine, where act, fierce fighting is actually going on. Here in the United States, a teenager was shot in Kansas City for knocking on the wrong door. In upstate New York, a 20-year-old woman was shot and killed when her friend drove up the wrong driveway. In Texas, a high school cheerleader was grazed by a bullet as she was trying to get in a car that she mistook for her own while her friend was shot in the back and is left in critical condition. The recent storms and floods in California have given way to a happy situation. The water reservoirs are full and the hills of California are ablaze in colorful fields of spring flowers. In a related development associated with climate change, scientists have succeeded in saving samples of Arctic ice in a race against time 
before the ice melts away due to climate change. The Ice Memory Foundation team extracted three long tubes of glacier ice to research evidence of past climactic and environmental conditions. Here in Texas, seven GOP bills are making their way through the state legislature, specifically targeting Harris County, which has been voting blue in recent elections. Among the bills this year are measures that would abolish countrywide polling, countywide, sorry, uh, prohibit polling at public schools and college campuses, and allow the Texas Secretary of State to withhold some state funding if the county fails to comply with voter registration laws. In sports news, there were two IPL games today. In the first match, Gujarat Titans beat the Lucknow Supergiants, and in the second match, it was a 415-run marathon that Punjab Kings won by eight runs against the Mumbai Indians. In baseball, the Houston Astros beat the Atlanta Braves last night by a score of 6-4, to four, with a ninth inning, two-run home run by Jordan Alvarez. The win allows the Astros to reach 500 for the first time this season. Congratulations if you have tickets to Taylor Swift's sold-out concerts. Uh, there's one tonight at the NRG Center. If not, check out the other stars across the Houston sky. The lighted meteor showers are expected to peak tonight around 7.30 Central Daylight Time. That's all the news for this afternoon. More views, discussions, and music as we continue with the Indo-American News Talk Show. Thank you so much, Pramod. Look up at 7.30 p.m. You should be able to see the meteor shower. I, uh, that's what they're saying. Is it dark enough at that time? may not be. That's uh, what I'm thinking. 7.30 p.m.? Yeah, it's probably not uh, that Actually, dark. but it doesn't just last for a little while. Yeah, I've actually yeah. seen this meteor shower the... Uh, many, many years ago with my kids, we actually drove out to Brookshire mm-hmm. and to one of the back roads and we in the around midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and we just lay down in the middle of the road and looked right up. It was beautiful. So it lasts for a certain yeah, period yeah, of yeah. time. It's, it's not, not just last okay, uh, overnight. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it's not as, uh, as, as sparkling as Vivid. the... Vivid. Yeah, as some of them are, but this is pretty but, good. Yeah. I, so I wanted to jump in and talk about one of our sponsors, uh, for, and that's none other than the Circus Vasquez. Yes. That, who have actually donated uh, tickets to our current quiz uh, contest, quiz contest yeah. and they are going to be donating tickets for the next couple of weeks. Wow. So um, just real quick, Circus Vasquez is uh, a premier family-owned circus, which brings a new production to the two Houston locations. Then April 21st through May 15th, uh, the, uh, it'll be performing first at, from April 21st to May 1 at Greenspoint Mall, and then uh, from May 5th to May 15th at Almeida Mall. And the, it's a 54-year-old uh, performing circus, you know, entertaining generations of families and so on. And the performers uh, come from all over the world uh, one of the per- performers is uh, Hassan Ansari, he, uh, who's going to showcase his extreme dexterity in the rarely seen Palo Hindu Act. What was the name again, the Palo? Malcolm. 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 Malcolm Act. They say Palo Hindu Act here. Anyway, uh, Hassan Ansari is going to be on our show next Saturday. Yes. He'll be calling in from uh, wherever he is right now. Uh, 
but uh, you know you should do what are the show uh, timings do you know jawar uh you know i don't know but circusvasquez.com you can go there and find out more the tickets are $25 for children and $40 for adults and we just gave away four tickets today so yeah what were you saying prabhu no i thought maybe we should do facebook live where uh, he can do malkam in the backyard uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that i don't think is going to happen <laughs> but uh, one uh, one exciting development it was uh, eid just yesterday and happy eid to all, all our uh, muslim uh, uh, listeners who are out there one of the, the the exciting things that happened was that Houston independent school district decided to give yeah. eid al fitr a holiday from this point on right for and it joins uh, what is it hanukkah and uh, uh easter i guess as holidays and, and diwali too right? well diwali is not included not yet not yet but this thing was uh, spearheaded by sharif ghani uh he's an executive director of the interfaith uh, advocacy advocacy group called minaret foundation which pushed for the holiday and he's saying that there there is another bill called bill 12 hb 1212 which would make it easier for Uh, students to obtain excuse absences for religious holidays but i think the push right now should be for other holidays to be also equally uh, exempt from certainly. from certain mm-hmm. requirements i just looked up the show timings for the uh, circus vasquez uh, circus shows and at mm-hmm. greens point mall it's from april 21st to may 1st monday to friday it's at 7:30 pm and on saturdays and sundays there are three shows at 1 pm at 4 pm and at 7 pm and the tickets are very cheap folks so yeah it's from $25 to $60 so right. you know can't beat that and by the way just to remind everyone may 6 is election day for a lot of school districts around oh, okay. around the area from uh, west university pasadena uh, city of umbel uh, harris waller counties um, fort bend county has a uh, has a uh ballot f- where you can decide on 1.26 billion dollars worth of money for that are earmarked to design and construction updates for seven schools mm. computers for students and a swimming facility new caney isd has one for 900 i mean 695 million dollars dickinson has 120 million dollars where is all this money going and uh, residents in it's Fair- not going to cancer research <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Pearland would decide on $181 million of bond package for four propositions to provide funds for an array of drainage, streets, parks, and public safety. So don't forget to vote on May the 6th. Yeah, Want to talk it. about sports and movies? Sure. Have you been watching much IPL? Uh, uh, each and every match. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. <laughs> What I do is on weekdays, I catch the highlights oh, at okay. night. So I have it you know, recorded. I have Dish and I have Willow. so that's how i am keeping track of course today's mornings i just fast forward through yeah. and have seen them the one um, the giants versus mumbai indians i mean the titans versus gujarat titans versus mumbai indians was pretty exciting no, uh, titans versus lucknow i'm getting so confused yeah, <laughs> yeah. lucknow versus gujarat right yeah. yes that was uh, pretty exciting and the punjab kings and uh, um, mumbai indians that, that was, was even more exciting fest. yeah 415 runs exactly. together but the way gujarat pulled it off in the last over that mohit sharma oh, oh my okay. god that one 
over basically sealed the deal you know i watched uh, yesterday's uh, game uh, with uh, uh, csk chennai super kings against the hyderabad sunrisers yes and i saw uh, dhoni do the wicket keeping yes so he's still amazing he is still amazing mm-hmm. yes the stumping but was he does say that amazing. it's this and is a caught behind IPL and the stumping his, yeah, yeah. Uh, ipl is his last uh, hurrah yeah i think he's going to retire next but uh, Yeah it's been pretty exciting and it's going up and down so right. it's not uh, and like it's a, only mid season so yeah, yeah. Uh, half the teams are doing pretty well but pretty much Rajasthan points. Royals has been at the top for quite a while right. but the rest of the groups they're going up and yeah. down up so and we down. won't know yeah. for a while until yes uh, that's right end of the month how it's going to but Preeti Zinta is attending every Punjab game oh, wow. is what i noticed <laughs> she's there she for every game she had the time to come to Houston i know <laughs> because this was before ipl season right, that right. she came yeah yeah and then yesterday uh, probably yesterday uh, sonam kapoor was in the stands with uh, tim cook yes and madhuri dikshit was really? eating vada yeah. pav uh, with uh, tim, tim cook at uh, yeah fast food place that was in bangalore no. was he in bangalore no he was in mumbai, in mumbai and delhi oh for the apple store yeah, stores yes. yeah. they only opened up i didn't follow right that right now there are only two one in uh, mumbai and the other one in delhi uh-huh. so, but uh, you know there's such a huge response that i'm sure they will open some more oh yes i mean it's those are beautiful stores 26 oh, yeah. foot high ceilings Uh, it's all glass from yeah. floor to yeah. top just like the way some of them are here here yeah right exactly. but the ones here this one is one single pane of glass going <laughs> 26 feet okay which is yeah, crazy yeah. the one on westheimer no the one in Del- in bombay Del- in bombay oh okay okay yeah the okay. one over here on high in highland village it's actually two sections of glass okay, oh, okay. Well, he knows all the architectural <laughs> details <laughs> being in the business but you so know as far as movies are concerned they're producing so many movies and uh, it's hard to keep up yeah but uh, at the at the theaters there are not any good movies hindi movies showing yeah. you know so there's this new salman khan starer which right. has come out it's called kisi ka bhai kisi ki jaan right. and it's you know hasn't got the such great reviews and you, if you read the uh, lot of violence the title of the movie it's about yeah. how he's devoted to his family right and then he finally meets someone who can be his jaan yeah which he hasn't found in real life so <laughs> well he finally finds her oh okay but that's, that's the, unreal that's not story. in real but he has tried several uh, actresses i imagine uh, tried <laughs> <laughs> putting it mildly uh, you're not you <laughs> no uh, okay <laughs> long time ago it was uh, uh, you know aishwarya he was yeah, like aishwarya. after her yeah then, then katrina, katrina kaif yeah you know the history they both are married now oh yeah Well guys uh, I hate to break up a good thing but we're almost out of time and we just want to make sure that that everyone really enjoyed today's show yes. it was very informative as we mentioned And there's it. one movie they say might be good for people to watch it's called Pinky Beauty Parlor Oh yeah, yeah. it's about uh, two parlor. sisters one is dark and one is light complexioned and right. the the one who is dark always gets teased and uh, right. she's almost in a depression about her I don't plight. know how one will watch it do you know Is uh, it on uh, No, I think it's Oh, in Indian matchmaking is back again on Netflix. Oh, okay. The season 3. I just saw that today. Promote, don't we have a new trailer on our website for one of these movies? 
Uh, we have is one it for Gumra? Gumra, yeah. Gumra, right. Yeah. Gumra is uh, our website remake. is indoamerican-news.com. Correct. And you can just see that trailer. And all, actually, you can also see the little video clip from Jugal Malani's wedding. Uh-huh. Uh, not wedding. Uh, it's a birthday <laughs> bash. 70th, 70th birthday, birthday bash. Birthday party. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Gumra has got Aditya Rai Kapoor. Yeah. And then there's another movie they're talking about, Shakuntalam. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard good things about it. It's in every it. language possible. Yeah, I think it's uh, based on Samantha, Shakunta. Samantha Prabhu is in there. Yeah. yeah. Playing the role of Shakuntalam. Isn't that a remake of an old, old movie? Shakuntalam well, is it's a... The, it's the classic... Uh, Kalidas, uh, Kalidas epic poem. poem right. Epic poem. My mama's name. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We totally forgot. Say hi to Mama Jawahar. Everybody. <laughs> All right, folks. We're almost out of time. So if you can, uh, find a Billy Dancer song. It's his 90th birthday. Yes, that's right. This may be asking too much in a At very short period of time. Such a short notice. Well, yes. got two and a half minutes left. But Jawahar, pressure is on. The pressure. Let's, the let's see you do it while we chat. Promote. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, so, well, so many good songs from Willie Nelson. Uh, right. Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain is what I remember that's the most. That's your favorite? Or yeah. Which one's your favorite, Jawar? Uh, Luckenbach, Texas. Yeah. Okay. Getting back to Luckenbach. Yep. So lots of good uh, songs. And, uh, uh, you know, I think he must have slowed down these days. Well, he's 90 years old. I you know. know one yeah. would imagine he has... Yeah, but uh, we're uh, next week. We will have uh, once again the Harris County District Attorney's Office is going to be with us. Okay, and then we is will. Is Jyoti going to be back with her classically yours? Uh, no, the, uh, well, she's going to play one of the old uh, episodes. Oh, okay. Promote then Jyoti are going to be out of town again. Again, mm-hmm. they're honeymooning for the second <laughs> time around. But this is a surprise. I didn't know that he was in town well, just today. Uh, no, uh, you know, because of spring break, the flights oh. are going very full and the airlines are keen keen on making money. So, so I'm just delaying my postponed departure. Your right. My, my flight to Virginia yeah. tomorrow... 1280 bucks. Yeah, wow. that's amazing what they're charging. That's what I ch- paid to go to India. I know. And then uh, uh, we will also have Nutan uh, Patel with us. Oh, She'll okay. be talking, talking about, about insurance uh, right. related. Mm-hmm. And then we will uh, have Hassan Ansari. Oh, yes, the Malcolm person. And one other thing. I have I met Renu Segal while I was in India. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be doing a, a, what I've recorded, a video clip. Oh, from wow. You never told us. So... Well, that will happen next week. Okay, okay. Right, Renu Sergal is our favorite... Uh, uh, psychic. Psychic, right. yes. We're almost out of time, folks. This is Jawar saying adios. And the Sanchali saying bye-bye. Uh, enjoy the weather. The, yes, enjoy the weather and be safe. And promote will be by telephone next week. That's right. All right, From bye. the basement. <laughs>